Welcome to the Ephesiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. start of this new season. It is myself, Andrew Johnson, Associate Pastor at Neartown Church in Houston, Texas, and I am joined as always by Michael, our resident ephesiologist. Michael, how the heck are you? Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? New season. I was just trying to think what season number this is, and I have no idea. I mean, we I do see kind of differently, don't we? We do. I mean, we started, I think typically we've started in the fall. Sometime. We'll go <laughs> to Christmas-ish. Ish. Pick up again in the winter, go until early summer, take yeah. a break. We'll just call this, uh, this, yeah, the new season, right? It's just, it's yeah. just the new season. Well, and, let's think about that, though, because when it, we started this in 2019, right? We did. Yeah. So what, we did. we're in 2023. Yes, we are. So we're this is season four. That was easy. For well, season five. Sure, sure. And <laughs> please disregard whatever we call the last season's number if it's different than calling <laughs> this season four, because we are not responsible for what slightly younger versions of ourselves said. Yeah, that's right. Boy, I wonder, we've changed, haven't we? I certainly know I have. Yeah. So, um, but hey, let's not, uh, let's not regale our podcast listeners by talking about how old we feel or we think we look (laughs) or ways that we've changed. Uh, What we did want to do is record a podcast introing this season, maybe loosely talk about some of the things uh, that we'll be talking about or where we will be going. But before we even got there again, Michael, you noting we've changed what's happened in our lives since the last time that we've recorded what what has been going on in your world? So, Michael, please kick us off. Uh, what's new? What's of note? What's kind of fun and exciting? Well, you know what? To be honest, it hardly feels like that we had a break. That's um, true. I, I think we've both been a little busy during the summer. It was, um, mm-hmm. I know I have been. We're ramping up our classes for this upcoming year. We've got three going on. This year, I'm thankful that you're uh, one of the grad assistants in our church planting course that we're doing in Korea, South that's Korea. Fun. So that's, yeah, that is fun. Then we just started our next cohort of of missiological theology, and that's been fun. That just started last week, and and we have a, another cohort starting in two weeks for our doctor of philosophy program. And hmm. yeah, it's so that's taking up a lot of the summertime and a little bit of international travel, Lori and I, for the first time in a lot of years, <laughs> uh, we were able to travel on ministry uh, for ministry together and uh, spent a couple weeks in the Middle East and South Asia. And uh, that we, we just had a wonderful time uh, doing that together and meeting with brothers and sisters in those parts of the world and um, doing a little bit of research on uh, okay. the persecuted church. And um, yeah, just, it was, it, we had a wonderful time. How does one do 
research on the persecuted church? Yeah, well, that's it's one of the challenges that we face in in doing that. Um, but uh, thankfully, we're we have a lot of friends in a lot of places, and so um, through those relationships with people that we've known for years, we've been able to connect with others that have experienced persecution. Of course, we. I mean, we've. I, I talk about this. I'll, it seems like, or at least it's on my mind a lot. Um, you know, there's some of the devastating effects of persecution on people that we know personally. Um, yeah. So this was this was a good project. We're hopeful that it'll be a, a blessing to the church, and it'll, in some manner, it'll come out published uh, at some point. But for the interim. Yeah, for the time um, being, this is this has been helpful for us to think about how do we effectively address these sorts of traumatic events in people's lives, um, and uh, and and see them re restored, you know, com made complete and whole again. Mm -hmm. And so we've we've had, as you know, a real interest in trauma informed uh, missions and ministry and. And this has been very helpful for us to, to think through what that is going to look like for us as as uh, we go into these next several years. Wow, that sounds uh, thrilling. And uh, typically, you know, as we we did have air quote summer break, when people do summer break, they do it where they travel for fun, and and <laughs> the, you and Lori travel for more research about how people suffer yeah. so yeah that that's yeah you know what the thing is though andrew and this is i mean the topic and you remember we had evan uh yeah. on uh, talking about trauma yep last season and uh and you know one of the things that we've learned is that it's such a heavy subject and yet those who have experienced it mm -hmm. in regards to persecution that just the joy of the Lord that they have is absolutely amazing and inspiring. And so while the their circumstances are, are certainly uh, devastating and the things that they've experienced are just horrific, the joy that they have in their faces, even as they're talking about these things, knowing that they've done this because of the Lord, uh, and they suffer for his sake. They, they just find such joy mm. in that. And it truly is joy unexplainable. Mm. I think the whole nature of what Christ has actually called us to via suffering um, is certainly one of those things on paper always looks like a situation you don't want to go to. Mm. You don't want to be a part of you're going to structure your life or your plans in such a way where you don't have to have it. And so, again, I was being entirely facetious in regards to your travel plans, because the reality is through suffering, Christ forms us through suffering. Christ makes us more like himself. And so being with people who have been shaped in his image in an even greater way, if you if you said, would you like to talk to people who've gone through that? Then, yeah, you know, line them up. That would be mm -hmm. the most joyous set of conversations. So I am glad that you all had um, had those opportunities together yeah, yeah 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 it was fun and we did do some kind of non-ministry 
traveling and uh, we like to camp. And so we did that twice already this year. We go actually uh, one more time uh, to camp in one of our favorite spots along Lake Michigan. Mm. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit of relaxing in there. Good. I'm glad that's in the plans. I'm glad that's in the plans. Yeah. How about you guys? What was your summer like? Well, uh, we had the blessing uh, at Neartown Church, uh, where I am. Um, we have a a rhythm, a healthy rhythm, we think a healthy rhythm, of building in sabbaticals uh, for mm. our pastors and making sure that they are not just rested because you can rest without a sabbatical. Um, otherwise, that'd be awful. Um, so yes, we understand that sabbaticals are not necessary for rest, but the type of rest that is available to our pastors through sabbatical, um, is quite restorative and, um, really allows us to not be thinking day in and day out about what God is doing or wants to be doing, or the people that we need to tend to and the plans that we need to make or the direction that we need to go right Mm. now in this next season, um, for all things church. Uh, we get to unplug. And so uh, this past summer, uh, my friend, Pastor Russell, um, he, for a long time listeners, we have had him on. uh, So you can go back and hear what he sounds like. Uh, He had a sabbatical this summer. And so that put me in the the spot of making sure everything at the church continued to move forward. Um, And so I got to, I got to preach a few more times. Uh, just because he wasn't in the main spot, but we still at Neartown Church, we have a a bigger belief in multiple voices um, sharing the teaching. So um, we got to hear still from other people who are capable preachers and shepherds at Neartown. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't carry the full load. So I'm I'm as you the listener are listening. Please don't hear me say, "Oh, woe is me! I took on this great huge load." Um, I took on some more responsibilities, uh, certainly, uh, but it was a joy. It was a joy. And, uh, so kind of kept the hand on the wheel with all things near town church. Um, and then we was trying to remember there was oddly enough, there was something that happened in June and now I can't remember what it was. Um, welcome to the people who keep getting older. Um, but Uh, The later half of the summer, we took a big, highly planned, long time bucket list sort of trip. And we went up and visited Seattle, uh, uh, Pacific Northwest for almost two weeks. Uh, So our family, like we, you know, we all went up there. We stayed with friends. Um, As I, as I told people, I was like, well, we went, we went east and we visited this town and we went west and we were in like Olympic National Park and got to see Ruby beach and, um, you know, went all the way West to the coast. And then we went North and we visited this area and then we went South and we camped at Mount hood for two nights. And, uh, we were everywhere. Wow. We were absolutely everywhere. Um, so it was, it was glorious for those who are our listeners in the Pacific Northwest. I I'm let it be clear. I am super jealous of you. I am jealous of where you live. I am jealous of of what you get to be surrounded by all the time because uh, that was for Megan and I. We said that is our jam. Uh, we we miss being in the mountains and the hiking and the outdoors and 
all of that. Uh, it's quite quite the uh, happy place. So we loved it. I could probably go on, but I will save us all. Um, nice. And then and then we rolled. There was a, a men's trip that we've been able. August and I have been able to take the past few years, and uh, we went to Colorado again. And that is a joy for me to spend that solid week with my son and some other friends uh, camping. And our tent held up uh, for those who have done the camping in Colorado. Uh, as my friend said, um, like the mountains, like in the in the North Carolina area, um, the, they say, come play in me. It's fun. And in the mountains in Colorado, they say, come survive me. <laughs> So, um, but we, we did survive my, my REI kingdom six held up just fine. And, uh, we felt like champs, uh, it hailed so bad. It accumulated and looked like snow. Everywhere. Oh, wow. Um, it was, we got some real substantial rain, but, um, hikes up to Lake Emma, a nice little glacier Lake up near, uh, Mount Lincoln. Ah, uh, it's incredible. So we, we really loved our time. And it was good. And so now back in the swing of things, back to school. And um, I'm certain that it will probably come up or we'll talk about it. Um, but we as a family are going with our church on a missions trip this year. We're again going back to Athens, Greece. And um, we cannot wait. We cannot wait. So um, very excited about all of these things. Well, we're going to want to hear more about that because I think that's a neat thing that you guys are doing. And it's going to be such a formative time for your kids to, yes. to participate in that. That's I'm super excited for you guys. Whole family. Um, we were, we've been, I mean, Megan and I, we've been going on short-term mission trips since we were in junior high. And that was part of the culture at my church. And we had some people who really made a push for we are doing this. Junior hires have these sort of trips. High schoolers have these trips. This is how high schoolers have it. You know, one in country, one out of country, one in country, one out of country. So, you know, I got to see a whole bunch of things growing up and, and Megan did as well. And, and she had her opportunities to go far and abroad. And it was just so formative for us that we don't want our kids to just have the happenstance of, what's happening around and maybe you guys can go like we want their first experience being in the mission of or seeing what god's already doing right it's not that we are going to perform a work it's going to see what god is doing and come alongside him um, mm. in that work uh, we want to do that as a family and we want them to do that by our side i know at some point again in the future i didn't grow up going on mission trips with my parents um, that was not our norm um, but we had friends who did, and they talked about how, I mean, that marked them for life. Oh, absolutely it does. Um, and so we want, I, I don't know if we can take a whole trip as a family to Athens, Greece every time. Um, the Lord has been gracious and provided for that, but that's, that is way more expensive than mm -hmm. just going down the road and serving people who need to be loved and served. So uh, it's a different it's a different thing entirely. Uh, we're very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Neat. 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 Well, I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's formative. I know for our kids, we, we did that, that growing up, they went with us into different countries and, 
Um, and then uh, as um, my work permitted, back in those days, uh, they would travel with me to different, just, just one of the kids and me. And those were such special times for me as a father to travel mm -hmm. uh, with one of the kids and just build into their lives and uh, create memories and experiences that they and I share together. And uh, th those were such formative times for them that mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm, convinced that uh in part that's one of the reasons why they continue to be so engaged in ministry like they are even though you know they work in a professional space and they're still very passionate about walking with the lord and talking with others about the lord and using whatever it is that they're doing um as as their occupation as a part of their service to the Lord. And so, yeah, that um, that's exciting. Very cool. For you guys. Very cool. Well, yeah, we're, we're amped. And plus they see you guys doing it. And that's, that's yeah. part of, I think the importance of uh, parents and children being involved in ministry and missions together. Um, you know, it's been said, and I think it's largely true. Uh, children will catch more, then you will teach them. Right. More, more and, caught uh, than taught. Yeah. So what they see you doing is what they tend to replicate. And if they see that you're engaged in missions, then uh, that's exciting to think that they'll replicate that as well. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, caught more than taught is always such an encouraging thing when you realize you're doing good things and it's harrowing when you realize, oh, goodness gracious, what did they, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are they catching? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's yeah, well, we wonder sometimes, but uh, yeah, by God's grace and, and uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives um, and in their lives, they uh, hopefully will catch the right things. Yeah. And again, we leave it in the Lord's hands. That's right. Um, we plan, we work, and it still is out of our control um, to some degree. So um, on a different topic, Michael, uh, people are listening to us on the Ephesiology podcast. This is season what we are calling four. Um, we have some kind of exciting plans. Uh, what What are some things we might be able to tease for people uh, that uh, who might want to Tune in to us week after week. And by that, I mean air quote week after week. I mean episode to episode. Uh, <laughs> what are some things that we... Uh, yeah. When, when one travels to Athens, Greece, it makes it real hard uh, to record podcasts. So um, so what are some things that we are hoping to see, do, and chat about this season? Well, just the emails that have been going back and forth between you and me, uh, that they've excited me about the number of guests that we have coming on. Uh, you've been able to secure a couple of those, um, and I'm excited about them coming on. Why don't you talk about them for a moment? So it'll be a... They're going to be our first guests, I think, on the podcast sometime in October. Yes. Uh our first unknown to our listener guests. So we'll talk about that one in a minute. Uh, the, the idea, at least my own personal observation is there were three books that all came out that had weird ties 
to one another. And I they came out within like days or weeks of each other. Um, the first is Losing Our Religion by Russell Moore. Let me just say right now, we do not have Russell Moore booked for the podcast. That is not the one person that we are going to have on the <laughs> podcast. I am I am presently working through that. Although if somebody does have a contact for Russell Moore, I would love, love to have him join on, us on the podcast so we can chat with him. Uh, but um, I'm almost finished with his book and it is Losing Our Religion, talking about where our faith has come and how we have gotten to where we have gotten in Christianity and the church um, and somewhat politically today. So it's, it's an interesting idea. So we got that book. And then at the same time, another book called American Idolatry by Andrew Whitehead came out. Um, I can grab it. And I'm reading from the front cover, how Christian nationalism betrays the gospel and threatens mm -hmm. the church. So very much a tie-in with what Russell Moore is covering. And it's a different, but a, a same thread, um, very much from a scholarly work. Uh, and so Andrew Whitehead will join us in October. And then the other author is Karen Swallow Pryor. Uh, she wrote The Evangelical Imagination. And she's looking all the way back at the Victorian era and wondering if there have been things that have occurred in history that have shaped the way we think and the way that we are imaginative. And if we haven't essentially diverted from what we learned through our faith and, and the way we follow our king, if we have kind of gotten into a rut <laughs> since then, and are actually stuck where we are because of the trajectory from long ago. Where is the evangelical imagination? Um, which again, has led to some of the places that Russell Moore and Andrew Whitehead are talking about. And so we will have the joy of talking to Karen Swallow Pryor in October as well. So um, certainly, you know, real rosy conversations, um, but uh, we're very excited. I am very excited to talk with them about some of these things. So that that's coming. That's coming. Michael, what what else do we have coming? Well, we have a series of podcasts that we're going to do with a whole host of guests on what it means to be a disciple. And uh, th this is coming out of a, a book that will be released here before too long uh, that I finished over the summer on Make Disciples. And just a joy to be joined by a number of our, uh, well, I mean, some of these guys and gals have been, well, no, I don't think any of the gals have been, but some of the guys have been on the podcast. We have uh, Alan Hirsch, who uh, our listeners know very well. Friend of the uh, Mike Frost is going to be on. Uh, yep. He's been on the podcast before. Daniel Yang has been on the, the podcast um, and then we're going to have a, a whole bunch of other folks that haven't been yet, but I'm excited Still about amped. them uh, coming on. Lucas Pulley from the Tampa Underground and Bree Mills, uh, uh, just a brilliant Australian <laughs> She's scholar. so fantastic. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we'll have uh, Rob and Michelle Wagner uh, from the KC Underground on talking with us about being disciples. Tim Ketchum, uh, who some might remember, co-authored a, a book with Alan uh, called The Permanent Revolution. 
Bev uh, Mural from Australia as well mm. is going to join us. And she's just had a fantastic ministry there as, as well as in the UK. Uh, Liz Rios, uh, who has a, a church planting training program that she launched several years ago, is going to join us as well and excited about her coming on. And yeah, so this this is going to be fun um, talking about what it means to be a disciple. Because, you know, we think, it's, I mean, it's a subject that is on a lot of people's minds um, and have, well, naturally so. Mm-hmm. But um, but we've wrestled with what exactly that means. And so I'm excited that these folks who are actual disciple makers are going to join us to help bring some clarity to that topic. And that's going to be uh, not only a podcast, but we'll record the video portions of these as well and make them uh, available through Ephesiology Masterclasses for free. Um, and we'll add some more content to that, and it'll come out to be uh, sort of a mini course that churches would be able to use to do um, some discipleship training at, in their context. And so I, I'm really excited about that. The, I'm grinning like an idiot on the other side of this mic um, because it is so. it sounds so exciting that we have the opportunity to talk about some of the best thinkers on one of the most important topics. And so we'll, we'll be rolling that out this year. Those interviews are still to come uh, unrecorded, right? So we, uh, this is slightly aspirational, but it's on the calendar. It is on the calendar. We have commitments from all of them. And now it's just putting the, putting the uh, calendar into practice. It's going to be so great. Action. Yep. So in addition to that, uh, for those who have always wondered or asked and said, where, I wonder how Matt Till is. I wonder where Matt is. Uh, we are going to be joined by Matt in a few weeks. Uh, we, uh, Our next podcast is actually going to be uh, a discussion that Matt had with a friend, and we'll listen in on that. And then the podcast after that, we'll be talking with Matt uh, about the podcast and the topic and probably catching up just a little bit uh, on how he and Mary are and how life is uh, in South Florida. So, um, and that's what's on the books. So who knows yeah. what's going to come by way of what's not on the books and the topics. Well, there are a couple of other yeah. things. Yeah. A couple other things that are on the books um, in um, later this month, and then in November, we have two special symposia. Oh, that's um, one, right. Yeah. One on contextualization, reductionism, and syncretism. That's the symposium. It rolls off the live. tongue. Yeah, right. Well, the <laughs> title, the better title of this is what I've called the contextualization risk paradox. Mm. Um, but wrestling through some of the issues with contextualization and that that will be live on September 21st and uh, then it's recorded and it will be um, made available and we'll do it as a podcast, but it also, the video portion of this will be on the physiology masterclasses. Um, it will provide some of the links uh, to these things in our show notes. And then on in November, I think the 19th, I'm really okay. excited about this one. Um, it's uh, we have, uh, a friend of ours, um, he's been on the podcast before, Wes Watkins, and he's going to be talking about Islam in the West. Uh, one mm. of the things that we've 
unfortunately have become very aware of uh, it has been the number of instances of Quran burnings in Europe. And so we're very concerned about that and the things that uh, are are really a result of misinformation. Um, and so Wes is going to come in and talk with us more about Islam in the West. And um, and so I'm excited about his his symposium on November 19th, I think it is. So we'll, again, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll include these things. This is a part of a series that we're calling the Areopagus Symposium. Uh, so it's fitting that you're going to be in Athens. You need to take some pictures of the Areopagus again. I will. Uh, and uh, but this is this is part of our partnership with the Movement Leaders Collective, where we're trying to bring more research um, and scholarship to bear on ministry and mm -hmm. what we're doing in regards to uh, church planting and and uh, in in hopes of seeing movements start in in the West as well as in in other parts of the world and helping us to think through more critically about what are some of the issues that we really need to be giving more thought to like Islam in the West and like contextualization and the things that we're doing there. Um, and so I'm excited about this series that uh, will feature uh, a lot of our own research as well as uh, the research that uh, many of our students are doing. You'll, you'll be in one of these at some point, I'm sure, mm -hmm. as you continue your research on city networks in the United States. And yep. so it's a, it's a good series. I'm excited about that and the contribution that it has, the potential for it. Um, That's right. To contribute to um, how we're doing ministry today. It's going to, I mean... I feel that I'm looking forward and it just a uh, little, a little bit like Jesus, the field feels ripe for harvest, right? Like it's, it's what's in front of us looks so exciting and it also looks very doable. And it, Christ is saying, go, <laughs> go. It, it's, it's in front, but chase after it. And uh, it's encouraging. It's exciting. And I'm glad that I get to do it. And I'm glad I get to do it with you. And uh, that's going to be a, a staple here on the Ephesiology podcast. So uh, as we close, Michael, are there any parting words that you have for our listeners? Well, it's an exciting season. I know we're ready to get back into it. And uh, a lot, of course, is going on behind all of this. And so uh, we're excited to hopefully entertain our listeners, if not inform them and and encourage them in some way. So, and as usual, we, we love to hear from you. And so please Absolutely. feel free to jot us a note on Facebook or wherever, you know, we're not using Twitter very much anymore. I don't even know what you call it now. You call it, it X and X. Um, a lot of people aren't using X, so it's yeah. okay. We don't need to be there. Um, well, that but, was the weirdest thing this summer. Cause all of a sudden this thing appeared on my phone with X and I thought, how in the world did, I get an app that I never, but anyway, that's, I'm sure that's many ex people's experiences. Yes. <laughs> so we'll just smile and nod. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, you can, and I certainly want to encourage all of our listeners. Uh, it seems that the Ephesiology podcast community is most active on Facebook, um, at least as, as people are posting thoughts or... Um, putting things out there. So 
Um, if you are on Facebook, please go on to Facebook, look up the Ephesiology Podcast and uh, chime in. We don't want you just to be a passive listener. We, we want to be able to uh, hear thoughts and concerns, uh, dialogue, because we here at Ephesiology do theology and community. And we want to participate. We, we want you to participate in that. Please don't let us, Michael and I, be the only ones who do theology and community. This is a very small and boring community. So expand that <laughs> and join us on Facebook. Give some feedback. Um, or you can email uh, me, Andrew Johnson, at neartownchurch.org if you have something you certainly don't want to put out into the world. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Love to chat with you about it. If you have been excited about anything you've heard or you've heard Michael and I talk a lot about Ephesiology Masterclasses and you would like to take a look at some of those resources, some of them free, go to masterclasses.ephesiology.com. See what might fit you, what excites you, or what could even be utilized at your church. Uh, If you would like to take steps in that, please reach out to us. Please check out that website. And uh, it's a new season, so why don't you just jump on? Leave us a five-star review in all of the places. We would incur- we would be encouraged by that um, or your feedback if it's not a five-star review. So <laughs> for Michael and for myself, thank you for joining us on the start of a new season here on the Ephesiology Podcast.